0: Hey, Takeover Church, thank you so much for checking out today's message, whether it's on podcast or on YouTube. We are so grateful that you are here. We pray it blesses you and encourages you and that you will like, share, and subscribe across all Takeover platforms. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday. God bless. We love you guys. Trouble has this morning been in church takeover. Is anybody else just excited for the Word of God this morning? Man, we are in a series right now called Roots Above and Branches Below. Has this been blessing anybody? Yeah. 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 Has it been challenging you? Yeah. Have you seen God move in mighty ways in your life? Yeah. Come on, yeah. somebody. We are just getting testimony after testimony of people stepping out into these things, people seeing God move in their life personally, and using them, and it's been so encouraging. And I got to be honest, I am so looking forward to not bring in the word this morning. What? You don't mind if we hit the switch up? Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. what I have for you, for the first time ever, is one of our amazing core leaders hey. making noise loud for our boy, Woo-hoo! Zach Crayon!
1: No, I, I, I don't like it when, when you know somebody gets up to preach for the first time and they spend all their time saying thank you to the pastors. I will tell you guys that later. But I will tell all of you guys thank you first as it is an incredible honor for me to preach in front of this body of people. This, I believe we have received a lot of information from God that this is not just any body of people, but this is a house of revival. Amen. And if you aren't sure about that revival, this isn't the place for you to be. This is a place that God is going to show up in new ways that you have never seen before. So as a, uh, a Christian, I've been a Christian for a long, long time. I want to cultivate faith. I want to kill doubts. I want to bring you through to the place of the house that from where you are at to the place where we are and where we're going to be. Because Matt has been preaching roots above, branches below. Had to check on it, had to check on it. (laughs) And um, stirring up a lot of faith. And I will tell you this morning that this is where the rubber meets the road. We have been learning, cultivating a lot of faith, asking God to gift us in the specific giftings that uh, we want to grow in, and that you will be challenged to do something about it right. this morning. Not yet. Don't be afraid. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my thing. I'm going to try to cultivate some faith. But what I think that we have gotten stuck in is the gospel of I stink so Jesus died, had to die for me. And that's, that's true. We aren't enough. Jesus had to die for us. But we forget about the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. And that speaks a louder word over our lives yeah, yeah. about who you are and who you are now. Because when uh, Cain killed Abel, this is so fascinating to me. God says to Cain, hey, where's your bro at? He says, I'm not my brother's keeper. He says, I can hear his blood crying out from the ground. So that tells me that blood speaks. That is my title of the message. If you want to write that down, blood speaks. In uh, Hebrews on, 12, 24, don't worry, Nikki. this isn't the main scripture. It says, and Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel, So what I want to know is that if blood speaks, what does Jesus' blood say? What does it cry out from the ground? And what does it say about who I am under him if I'm washed by it? Oh, man. All right. (laughs) Bow your heads and we'll we'll get into it. Uh, Dear Lord, thank you so much for being here and being with us. And God, we just pray for revival. Jesus, for revival to come in this place, Jesus each one of us first. Jesus, I pray that you would help us to step out and to know and acknowledge that, God, you are bigger than we think you are. You are infinite, therefore, a comprehension of how big you are. We will never find it, so we're going to keep on going and believing that you're always more capable and always bigger. I pray that you would stir us up to be able to fully believe everything that you have to say about who we are. Jesus, I pray that you absolutely show up I pray for hearts to be softened and surrendered to happen in this place that we can just obey, be obedient, and receive the complete calling this morning that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, Nikki, let's hit the main scripture. I'm coming out of Matthew 15, verse 21 through 31. Buckle up, all right? So, here's what it says. I'm not sure the... I think we got the same interpretation. Nice. Um, okay, so. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from the region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. And he did not answer her a word. It's kind of rude. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away. She's crying out after us. So Jesus said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So at this point in Jesus' ministry, he's coming for the Jews. He's not here for the Gentiles. She's a Canaanite. She is not one of the Jews yet. But she knows enough that he is the son of David and he is powerful. Okay, so what happens? She came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take children's bread and throw it to dogs. (laughs) She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed immediately. Jesus went on from there and walked beside the Sea of Galilee. And he went up on a mountain and sat there. And great crowds came to him, bringing with them, the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and they put them at his feet and he healed them. So that that the crowd wondered when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled healthy and the lame walking and the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. What I want us to focus and hone in on today is that this woman was unrelenting. She knew something about Jesus was different, that he was capable. And there was expectation she was not going to relent. Even when Jesus tested her, she kept on coming. The most discouraging word that you could probably hear about your daughter not being healed would came from Jesus' mouth as he was testing her. She did not stop no matter what, she knew he was capable. He goes to the mountain, people come in expectation to the mountain because they know that Jesus is capable. So like I said before, I've been a Christian for, since I was a young man, and what brought me to Christ is a testimony about healing. So I was at Bayshore Camp, which I have a few more testimonies I'll tell about later. Uh, This man, he was paralyzed. He prayed, people prayed for him, and he could walk again. And he's like, yeah, that dude was me. He was standing right in front of me. I'm like, so that switched it in my mind of like, these Bible stories are things that are real. These, these are things that actually happen. But as time went on, in my American experience at the church, I never saw a miracle. I never saw that happen. But it became normal to me that I wouldn't see anything happen, so I get caught up in the Jesus is Loves me so so much. The thing that I hold on to is that Jesus loves me so much that he died for me. Thank you. I'm going to live from that place. But I never crossed over to live from the place of victory that when he died he defeated things. Right.
2: Okay.
1: So that's where I want to go to is I want to be used by God to be a doubt killer. So where this, where this mindset all started is when I was in school I was kind of popular. I was a Christian guy, but I was also popular. Yeah, you were. you know you were. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, I knew that being a Christian wasn't necessarily cool, so I had to make sure that I could defend myself. You're not going to make fun of me for being a Christian because I'm going to be so smart about my God that I'm going to make you look dumb. Yeah. If you try to step to me, yeah, yeah. you, can't, you yes. can't tell me God's not real. So, right. this is what me this Scott kind of uh, uh, spoke about a couple weeks ago was, the three questions that you have to answer to sleep at night, right, right. please don't answer these out loud. Okay. Where did you come from or where did everything come from? What is your purpose here? And what happens when you die? So, for example, to kind of help you defend, your, defend yourself by using these three questions, I got in a discussion, super awesome discussion with this atheist and evolutionist um, who thought, she said, I answered all three of your questions with science. Cracked my knuckles and said, let's go. Right, what do you have for me. I said, okay, where did you come from? She says, well, there's this microorganism that created and turned to a figure. I said, oh, you said created. You cannot use the word created because that implies creator. And if you say one thing created another thing, then you have to admit that there's an almighty planner, almighty creator, God. So you can't say little amoeba became and created another little amoeba, because you're saying the first amoeba ever is God. So you can either say little amoeba, microorganism, is God, or you can concur with the Bible that there is a God, an almighty God, who was always here. We can't quite comprehend that, that's where faith comes in, but you either have to have the faith that something was always here to create something, an amoeba, or an almighty God who orchestrated the existence of everything that we see and experience. So, we maybe didn't quite agree on that. But we get into what is your purpose here? And she says, well, to live, to survive. And I said, dang, that stinks. So I said, do you love someone so much that you're willing to die for them? And she's like, yeah. So I said, okay, then here our problem lies is that love is the most evil thing in the entire world if it is something that is going to interrupt the exact purpose of why you're here. You yeah. cannot have love so deep that you would die and sacrifice your exact purpose here. Right. So you can't have both things. So either love is an evil thing that we should deny and not allow into our lives, or your purpose is completely off and completely wrong. Yeah let's move on. I said, okay, so what happens when he dies? She says, nothing. Huh. And I was like, yeah. so you, you just died getting by worms You're buried, and that's it? She's like, yeah, that's, that's it. That's all, that's all it is. And I said, that is really, really sad, because that means you don't matter at all. There's no purpose for you to be here at all. If your purpose is to survive only to rot in the ground as if it didn't matter if you ever existed in the first place, then that denies all reality of there being any reason for a purpose in the first place if you're only supposed to rot away. Yeah. If you have no purpose, there's no reason to eat. There's yeah. no reason to dress. There's no reason to find love. Right. There's no reason to pursue anything or any success at all because nothing matters at the end of the day. You may as well sit in that chair not eat and just exist till you die. If the point is to die anyway, and that's yeah. it. So from that apologetic, so apologetics is defending your faith. So from that apologetic mindset, is I had to get good at that, so I could maintain my confidence. You're not going to make me look like a fool because I know what I'm talking about and I believe God is real. Who came to a problem with that though? Because my Bible that I claim to be inherently true also talks
2: about healing, right. and that through the Holy Spirit you're capable of healing. Yeah. And
1: through Jesus, he's doing all these things, but I'm not seeing it happen. Right. Yeah. So I have to become an apologist again, because I've seen a video of Todd White doing these things, so either he's lying, right. or these other things that I'm seeing are complete lies, or, it's true right and i have i have no choice but i have to dig into it and i have to find out yeah. so this is what i want to come and take you through because if you know me you know i'm a deep thinker and if you know me you know that i'm an overthinker. <laughs> so i <laughs> promise you i am probably more critical and more skeptical of jesus and the healing than you are now yeah. i had to navigate and go through all of these things because god blessed me and cursed me in a way that i have to think through every avenue okay so this is my thought process so that doubt in you about jesus's capability can absolutely die today yes. Yes. oh man let's go all right so first thing i need to do is i need to introduce you to the word so 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 our english language does its best it's a greek word that is said in the bible 108 times our english language does its best You can spell it out, S-O-Z-O. The best our English language can do sometimes is use it as, hmm. Oh, bring safely, cure, ensure salvation. Get well, made well, preserved, recover, restore, save. So as we translate from the Greek into English, we use one of those terms that is said 108 times as the word sozo in the Greek, but our English language does its best and has to use those words. When in fact, the entire definition of the word sozo means this, to save, keep safe and sound, to restore from danger or destruction, to make a suffering one, to save a suffering one from perishing, one suffering from disease, to make well, hear, restore, to health, to preserve one who is in danger of destruction, to save or rescue, to deliver from the penalties of the messianic judgment, to save from the evils which obstruct the reception of the messianic deliverance. So we do what we can to make it make sense as we compile an English sentence. But what it means is complete and whole restoration in every single way, including healing. Okay, so here's where my brain goes Zach, yes. Yes, okay. Healing, of course. But, in heaven, Zach, in heaven, not now, okay, now I have to think about that, okay, in Mark 16, 17 through 18, which Matt preached on last week, and these signs will accompany those who believe in my name, they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up serpents with their hands and not get bit, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them, they will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. So my problem with that is healing only being in heavens? that I don't know a lot of biting snakes that are probably in heaven. I don't know a lot of poison that's sitting around in heaven yeah. for me to drink. Yeah. Right. I don't know a lot of sick people up there that I need to lay hands All on right. and recover. Yeah. It is for now, yeah. okay? Yeah. But then I go to the place, uh, and in John fourteen twelve it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater yeah. and greater works will he do because I am going to the Father. To be sending the Holy Spirit. Greater works will you do via the Holy Spirit than the ones even Jesus did here. Yeah, that's good. We are called to be more effective. Yeah. Okay, but the other thing that you come to that I've confronted many, many times is Zach. Jesus was talking to the disciples. Okay, so it's for earth. Okay, got you. But they needed a kickstart to start up the church. So they needed miracles, they needed more power. Than everybody else who was ever going to exist. It was only for the people he was talking to. So it's for the apostles, it's not for everybody, it's not for us. Those people who have been able to walk in those gifts are dead and gone. Okay. Okay. Shoot. What am I gonna do there? The problem with that is the word sozo, as we come back to is if you are willing to forfeit The fact of sozo meaning healing for here and now today, then you have to forfeit the fact of salvation being part of the definition of sozo. So for some reason, we can so easily accept the fact of salvation. For me, if I'm thinking about it and putting it on paper, salvation is probably harder to believe than someone being healed here and now. How many testimonies have you heard from a dead person who's like, hey. Salvation's real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. I believe. I believe, yeah, I believe It's like we haven't heard those things, but we believe and we bank on salvation, which you should. It's absolutely true. But for some reason, we separate ourselves from the reality of healing, of okay. miracles, of prophecy, of tongues, of interpretation. Right. We, we, we cancel that out. Right. But it's all. But it's all there. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. all yeah. power given via the Holy Spirit. We cannot cancel out certain parts of it because we're we're more comfortable with one part than the other. I've been told that having a miracle mindset is a problem because it makes us lose focus on Christ. The problem with that is that every single time Jesus did anything, miracles accompanied his actions. Every single time he preached, he healed. Every single time he healed, he healed. Even when he didn't preach, he healed. Right. Yeah? So if we're called to be like him, yeah. then there's no separation. Sure, humans aren't great all the time. Sure, humans can be prideful. Sure, sure that happens all the time. I will concede to that, but the gift is perfect because yeah. it's from the perfect That's gift right. giver. Yeah. Yeah. The person shall be mended, but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater Thank you, Matt, for that phrase. Because the gift is perfect. It is from the perfect gift giver. Jesus says, pursue these gifts. But don't get it twisted. Jesus is the point. Jesus is the complete point. It's not for you to ball out. It's because Jesus is powerful and capable. And I want to use these things so that you can operate in the fullness. The reason why this this is so important is at Bayshore Camp this year I was in the cabin and uh, we're kind of getting the layout of where everybody at is is at um, and their walk with Christ. And one kid, he's smarter than everybody else so he has more doubts than everybody else. He can't quite concede to the reality that there is a God that he's never seen before. Right something's got to happen for this particular person because Jesus wants to meet every single person where they're at. So this person will not believe just from the sake of hearing a testimony about Jesus loving them that much because he can't, he's not seeing, he's not seeing, it just won't work for him. Plus there are those who believe without seeing. Some need to see Jesus in a tangible way, you know, and Jesus shows time and time again in the Bible he is not shy about demonstrating his full power right. so that people can be met the way they need to be met. Yeah. So in, this, in our cabin somehow we got to the conversation with healing. That's not surprising if you've ever talked to me. Um, <laughs> and one kid had enough faith to say, uh, can you pray for my need then? So, huh? yes. Let's go. <laughs> so we go over and we lay hands on his knee. Nobody's expecting really anything to happen except for me. And pray, in Jesus' name, pain, go. You cannot hold him back. He's yeah. an athlete. He's called to operate in the exact way that you created him to. Right. In Jesus' name, pain, go. need be restored. Right. And he gets up. And he's like, he just breaks, completely breaks, and starts crying, ugly crying. He grabs. <laughs> In the whole cabin, blood runs from their face, and they are just ghosts. They're
0: like, Whoa. What happened?
1: There's no explanation except for, except for Jesus. Yes. So then now they're confronted with something. What just happened? So another kid is like, uh, I hurt my quad in football, and every time that I run, uh, it hurts. So I'm like, Alright, let's go. So I So so they're going in, and they're laying hands on him with me, and there's a little more confidence built up in the building. So we pray for the kid, and immediately, in his bare feet, he gets up out of the cabin, and he starts sprinting. And as he's sprinting, he's finding no pain, and he starts sobbing and weeping and falls down in the grass. And everybody in the cabin is just like, whoa!
2: Whoa!
1: Back in, and we kind of talk about what's happening. I'm like, This is real. They're like, You're awesome. I'm like, Don't you dare. Like, this I I can touch something and I can say words, but it's really just noises radiating through the atmosphere. If God isn't behind me, right? And I'm not that cool. I would be awesome, but I'm not. I just believe it. You have to just believe it. Amen. So, the same kid, he's like, Yeah, my elbow hurts. So, it's like, Okay, let's pray for it. He's like, Oh man, what the There's another kid who got hurt that very day, and he wasn't supposed to play for the rest of the week. We had to yank him out of bed. We prayed for him, and he got a little bit better. Prayed for him again, a little bit more. Prayed for him again, five times until he was completely well, he was crying. He was accepting Jesus, and he played the rest of the week and led his team to the championship.
2: He was so well.
1: So at the end of the night, I stand there, and I look at Landon. I say, Landon, you have more doubts than everybody else, because you're smarter than everybody else. But what do you think now? And he said, that was everything that I needed to see. Yes. now he's a Christian who is praying for people in a new way. Yes. 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 This is why it's important for us to operate in the fullness. Another thing, if I'm missing is, that I'm not going to spend a lot of time on, is what about Paul's thorns? Uh, he has a thorn in his side. Why wasn't he healed? Read it again. I'm not even going to go there. Read it again. It's not a physical ailment. Just read it again. Right. Come um, on, come on, This brings me back to my main scripture. Are you able to say through all these things that God is always bigger than you think He is? Yeah. That's what it comes down to. If there is an infinite God, then certainly I should be able to concede to the fact that He is more capable and He is bigger than I could ever comprehend. Right. This is where we start. This is where we have to be. You can doubt, and you can be skeptical, but you have to seek and lean in because you can't get around these facts. Right. So that, later that night, or a couple nights later, the cabin is just different. Everybody's a different person. And they're like, hey, Zach, tell us a bedtime story. <laughs>
2: right. So I was like, I'm
1: going try to think of something funny, but nothing funny came to my head. Instead, I I went through this bedtime story and I said once upon a time there was a place where people came every single year for one week and what I was talking about is Bayshore Camp. And you can re- reflect this onto our experience at church. They come every year and they feel good, they hear about this person who changes their lives and they drop all their baggage and they're free, they're lighter, they leave better. Yeah. But as time goes on, they pick up more baggage, yeah. more baggage they grab, the more hungry they are to go back to the place where they know every year or every week they drop their baggage off. Yeah. So these people, they're picking up their get, get, uh, baggage and they come back and they drop it off and they feel good, then they leave again they pick them up because it's a repetitive cycle. Right. But in James 1, 2 through 4, it says, Count it joy, brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith that produces perseverance And let perseverance finish its work in you, that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. That is what we are called to, is that when things get hard on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, that we are counting it joy and saying, I am going to keep on going. This is what it looks like. I'm going to have to face things, face tests, just like the woman did, to keep on busting through so that Jesus can show me that he is a little bit bigger than I thought he was before. Yeah. I can't I can't keep just holding on to baggage because the Holy Spirit that makes Bay Shore a special place, that makes Takeover Church a special place, it's not a special place because God designated a longitude and latitude to this place to be a holy place. It's holy because the posture of the people that enter into it are expecting something to happen, yeah. expecting it's not special for any other reason than Jesus is here through us. Yeah. We can go anywhere. It doesn't matter. It's not this place. It's not that place. It's Christ when we prioritize Him. So to do that, you must welcome these challenges and stick close to Him as you journey through it. I can't believe that I'm small when I'm washed by the blood of Jesus. And I want to tell you, like I said before, prepare yourself, because I am praying God will show up in this place by the end of this that is incredible. That you are going to lay things down. You are going to leave with an anointing and a new calling. This is a place of revival, so you need to be revived. Things need to change in you if we are going to believe the city is going to be completely changed, if your house is going to be completely changed. Your life has to be completely changed. So, in Luke, Teaching, um, mercy, peace, and servitude, and healing. He sends them out to go create revival through these things. And and, in uh, Luke 10, 17 through 20, they come back. It says, the 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, but that the, that the spirits are subject to you, or rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Jesus' blood obviously demands revival to happen in every area that I step foot in. In my workplace, when I step in, shadows are lit up. People, people have to talk to me about certain certain things that they're going through because I'm a person who is representing Christ yeah. in a way that they trust, yeah. in a way that doesn't show any judgment. Absolutely. So if we are called to do that, we need to completely change. I was it was actually Jordan. What's up, man? He sent me a video of his dog, and we all know dogs are loyal, right? Absolutely. Okay, dogs are loyal. Yeah. But I looked at this dog in, this, in the video he sent me, and we've all seen it happen, where the dog is sitting by a window, sees a squirrel 30 feet up in a tree. There's glass between it. It is barking its head off. And I thought, the first thing that came to my head is that dog has ambition. Right. <laughs> that dog has ambition. Jordan lets the door open. The dog busts out and goes right to the tree. There's nothing this dog can do, but it doesn't care. It has ambition in <laughs> thinking irrationally sometimes maybe dogs most of the time but when a a car that's how many tons goes down the road they don't care they have ambition to believe that they can stop it or that they can do something about this car that's going 70 miles down the road they don't care so I was thinking about ambition and the type of Christian that I want to be is I want to be relentlessly irrationally faithful irrationally believing that God is going to show up in the yeah. absolute biggest way. Yeah. Not through any human power, but because I know that he wants to operate through me, so I'm going to let him. Jesus, right. less of me, more of you. What right. holds me back. Kill those parts off of my brain that right. keep me from, from from letting you flow through me in the absolute right. way. Is it something that not believing that healing is possible? Is it is it, you know, I, I'm scared to know what people think about me? That's not something that I've, I've, I've held, held on to for a long time, right. is like, like, I don't want to be a weird Christian because I don't think girls like a Christian who's for real for real about it. Yeah, right. So I've kind of held back and it's like, enough of that. That's something that's holding me back from keeping me from operating in the full promises of who God has created me to be. Make me stronger. Take away these parts of my brain. Kill this doubt off of me so that I can fully operate as you call me to. That's that. that's great, dude. I'm done playing has given authority to us through the Holy Spirit. Yeah, Plain and simple. You are powerful because Jesus is powerful. Amen. Yeah, good. So let, let's ask yourself, what's holding you back from giving Jesus everything? Yeah. Man, that's scary. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not even kidding. That is scary. But I will tell you that your faith should be fun. It should be exciting to be able to operate and go out with these mission missions and these palms. Yeah. Yeah. It should be exciting. If you don't have an exciting faith, then you have a dying one. Whoa. You have to know that this is fun. This is the mission of your life. Something, uh, I, me, and, me and Josh, we watching Jarhead. I don't know if you've seen Jarhead. You don't have to watch Jarhead. I recommend you don't watch Jarhead. <laughs> but there's this soldier who, has been training, and training, and training for battle. Finally, he gets to Desert Storm, and he's there for like a year and a half. He's been training, shooting his gun, tactics, planning. He's a sniper. They live for battle. This is why they were there. For a year and a half, nothing happened. Until one day, bombs start falling from the sky, and everybody in the scene in the movie jumps down into their bunkers. But he stands up, and as burning sand is falling from the sky on his face, he breathes in. Everything goes in slow motion. It's like so poetic. He's like, my combat action has commenced. He knew that this is what he has been preparing for. Yeah. This is why he had peace. This is why he was excited. Because he knew that everything that he has been through, all the training that he has been through, has led up to battle moments. Wow. This was not something scary for him to duck and hide. This was something for him to count it joy, brothers and sisters. That this is his time to show what he has learned, what, what, what he's been trained through, what God has prepared you for. Yeah. Take joy, brothers and sisters. <laughs> When you face trials of many kinds, when you stand up and you get the opportunity to take a deep breath, as burning sand is falling down, bombs are exploding around you, you don't need to be afraid. You don't need to run. You don't need to duck for cover because Jesus has prepared you for this moment. What, why, would, why would we hide? This is it. This is the point. This is the purpose. American culture, we, we think like, how can God exist in such an evil world? No other culture asks that question. Right. They all have their answer as to well, like, well, bad things happen because we are bad. So we deserve it. It's karma. That's that's what every other religion kind of kind of is the answer to. Right. Yeah. Nobody else asks that question the way that America does because we're so entitled to have all the answers. Yeah and not operate out of any faith, and to accept that this world is broken, this world is hard, but He has put stronger things in it. If if God is so awesome and He loves people so much, why doesn't He just change everything? That's your job. Look at the Old Testament. Uh He uses people to do stuff. (laughs) Joshua said, Son, stand still, and it did. He didn't necessarily ask for God's permission, this is the. These are the type of prayers that I think we need to get away from. Is Jesus says in His Bible, healing is a real thing. You don't see any time Jesus say, "Hey God, would you heal this person? Would you do it?" Because He knows the exact will of God. Yeah, sure. We therefore, seeing His demonstration, know the will of God yeah. Yeah, that He sure, wants. To make people all better. Come on. I've had so many times arguments with people that they, they change their entire theology of what Jesus has demonstrated because one person, they say, well, Susie Q, she was a faithful person. She prayed and wanted her healing so, so, so bad. But she died of her cancer. I'm sorry. For, I'm sorry for her. I'm sorry that you had to go through that. I'm sorry that that was a reality. But my Bible doesn't say anything else except for pray for them. Believe for it to happen. I'm not going to base an entire theology and try to rewire my brain as to why, why, why when I know Jesus keeps it plain and simple what his will is. Matt preached uh, a couple weeks ago and I heard a short synopsis. If you would back up, and you would listen to what what, what 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 was said is basically mass said sick people should come to church. Oh man, hold on, sit sit there for a second. Sit there for a second. Do you want sick people to come sit next to you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's weird. That's a different type, that's a different type of preaching. That's not something you're gonna hear anywhere. Right. You're not gonna hear that anywhere oh, else. Right. But well, hold up. What is the church? Of the Bible say in James 5 13 through 15, Are any among you sick? Bring them to the elders of the church and anoint their head with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Now that doesn't sound like a crazy synopsis of what you took away from the service. Right. That sounds pretty rational to that's me right. if you're believing God that's for everything that he said in his Bible. Right. Yeah, is right. it crazy in America? Yeah. <laughs> but I don't want to be an American. I don't belong here.
2: That's right. You don't
1: belong here. Right. This is not your home. That's right. You are called to think rationally about the the safeties, if it contradicts exactly what Jesus has called you to act like. Right, yeah. right, yep. You can act in wisdom. You can wear a mask. You can do these things. You can be respectful because people want you to wear a right. mask. If it makes you scared that I don't have a mask on, I will put a mask on because I love you. Yep. Right. But I'm not afraid of being sick. Right. There's there's a person that uh, Adrianne told me about named Andrew Womack. He <laughs> has claimed that he hasn't been sick in 30 right. years. Now yeah, I can doubt it if I want to, but in my Bible, it says it's possible. Right. So I'm not gonna doubt it. I'm gonna believe him. And he said that he felt as though a sickness was coming on him. So what did he do? He praised, he danced, and he sung, rejecting it, then claiming that he is completely yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. In the same way, I think we 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 change it and we make sickness different than every other type of sin. When in reality, it is counter to the upright nature in which god that's originally right. intended that's right so jesus your god in the garden created there's no sickness there is no flaw. through the holy spirit he restored you he sozoed you back into that original plan yeah, that's good. if you have the holy spirit then you have the authority to operate in that way right. yeah. but we say okay bad thought i need to give that up to god i need to repent that true Okay, I'm going to go do this bad thing, I'm going to steal that thing, I shouldn't do that, I repent. Mm -mm -mm. But we don't think that same way about sickness that comes and intends the very same thing from us. That thievery, that that thought that I might want to act upon is the same as a sickness coming and trying to steal the upright nature that God has intended for me from the beginning. So we can repent from all things, it's it's sin, repent from sin, sozo, you have been called to be made completely well, it's everywhere, it's littered throughout the Bible, 108 times in the New Testament, and Jesus said it a number of times, that he wants to completely restore you, here today, so that you, as a human looking person, are completely different. And everybody else around you that you interact with. Yeah, good. That is crazy. That is crazy. So, God, give me. Just, this is our prayer, man. God, if I'm believing for complete revival in the city and in this place, God, you have to change and rewire a ton of stuff. Yeah. And it might take some work. It might take some work, it might take some fighting, it might take a battle. To get through but we're gonna invite people up to the front there's not going to be any eyes closed you are being invited to be tested in this moment to be able to say God I believe that this is real I want revival in the city then revival has to come through me so when a test is presented opportunity to display your faith must then follow yeah. that's exactly what we're gonna do yeah. so uh, Worship team, if you could come up and play behind me for a second. If you would just imagine for a second with me, okay? So Matt talked a little bit ago about you being seated in heaven. So God is outside of time. Yeah. yeah. So therefore, yes, I have an earthly job of you. I, I'm wearing this human skin, but I'm seated next to Christ. That is my heavenly reality. So imagine this, if
2: before Jesus came, you see... I don't know what happened, That's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if anyone goes to death, we'll just pray That's, that's right. right, that's, that's right. Let's get it, Yes. Bring bring the death. Uh, Alright, so this, this 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 might be a little more of the imagine imagine with me I hope you have a good imagination Okay, so you're up in heaven and you're looking and you're seeing God up on his throne exactly where he belongs he
1: belongs up there and, and in, this, in this vision I imagine God is like 300 feet tall he's huge he is huge and he is powerful and he is awesome his robes fill the entire room I look at him and I'm like I don't belong here. I don't belong to be able to see how awesome he is. It is not right for me and myself. I'm not made right. I'm not not good for this. I'm not ready for this. God is up there. He can do something as simple as tap his finger and just awesome power radiates through the entire building. I can't even comprehend as the angels are singing. And they are saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. This thunder is just coming out of their mouths, and you just, you're just just like, this does not make sense to me. He is so perfect. He is so holy. He is so righteous. Why Why am I seeing these things, how perfect He is? His burning eyes, as He looks from one place to the other, you can hear the flames shift as He's looking around, and you're just praying to God that He doesn't look at you right. because if if you even did your being beaten and ripped apart, going through the shredder. They're putting nails through his hands and pinning him up on the cross. And I don't get it. I, what is your motivation? Why would you do this? I don't understand. And he finally dies as he says, Father, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. And as he drops, as I drop, down onto my knees, he immediately catches me. about what his motivation was to get up off that throne and to jump down into earth to be penalized so that I could come with him. And
2: I say, come come with you. What do you mean?
1: And he grabs my hand The thundering grace was because of me being at the bottom not feeling like I was worthy to be up there